from uh, Café con Libros, and this is Black Feminism Bookish Podcast. And my co-host today is Joanna. Is that how you pronounce your name? Okay, Joanna. Joanna, tell us a little bit about yourself, and mainly, um, do you identify as a feminist? And if yes, tell us why and what type of feminist. Okay, yeah. So my name is Joanna. A um, little bit about me. I'm Dominican-American. Both of my parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic. Um, I've been doing violence prevention work for the last like couple, seven, eight years, specifically around dating violence prevention. Um, so I do consider myself a feminist. And I think that has been a journey in finding myself as a feminist. A lot of it came through actually doing, um, learning about violence prevention, first like sexual violence. And that was kind of like when I was an undergrad and I was in this PWI and, you know, everyone was like talking about body autonomy and consent. And I was like, whoa, this is like revolutionary for me as like a young person from like Brooklyn where we weren't getting this content. Um, so a lot, a lot of that came from there. And then also it adapted from existing at this college and this space that was predominantly white and realizing like, oh, wait, like sometimes like when they're talking about body autonomy, they're not, they're not including me, right? Like, or when we're having these conversations, we're having it so general, but when we want to complicate it, there's kind of this stop or there's this pushback or, you know, just having a lot of direct conflict with folks on campus and having to explore like, why was that? So I think over the years, my feminism has really expanded to meet at the inter- at the intersections of I think all of the identities that I hold that folks that I hold dearly also encompass and identities that I maybe don't fully understand through lived experience or personal experiences and you know then coming out later on as an adult as um as queer and like realizing like how does that feed into my feminism and how does me being like a woman of color and then understanding like blackness within the Dominican um, community. Like how was that all feeling feeling into like understanding myself as a feminist? So I am, I don't have a simple correct, definition correct. for it, but it's been a journey. It's been a journey that's been informed as I better understand myself and how I interact in the, in the spaces that I'm in. I, I love think. that. First of all, wait a minute. Now that you say that you are working in an anti-gender violence movement, I think I know you from that movement. Maybe. I know I know you know some okay, of my who friends. Are your friends. I know you know Rebecca. Rebecca Stahl. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. That's one of that's one of my work besties. We used to work together, not anymore. But um oh my she's gosh. she's the homie. Wait, wait, are you yeah. allowed to say where you used to, where you work? Yeah, I work at I think so. <laughs> um I work at day I one. I knew you were gonna say that. That is where I know you from. Day one. First of all, I have a long standing love affair with day one. I think her name is Jamila. Just emailed me and I was like, Jamila, you don't even understand how much I love you. I have been organizing with day one for since I think twenty ten, I think. Um, and have been supporting them with MSW interns for I think the last four years, Natalie. And so Right. And so I feel like um, 
I was like, I love y'all so much, but I, I literally have no capacity because I am doing this in like these types of things in the evenings. And also I just have a toddler that I just need to spend some time with in the evenings as well. So I was like, I'm just not at capacity, but please know how much I love you. Please, please know like how much I love that organization. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Lobizona. Um, and so this is the style of the, the podcast. We invite our community members, anybody from the book club who wants to come on like chat about a particular book, we invite them on. And so today, Joanna is my co-host and we're going to talk about Lobizona. And I am, so even before we even started talking about it, Joanna has already read the second book and I am I jealous did. because I, I literally, Joanna, I got the, um, I got the manuscript months ago, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. this is, this is July. I probably got it in May. Um, mm-hmm. and they sent it to me via email and I was like, I can't read that. Like, I can't print this off. Like, I need to have the book. I need to have it in my hands. I need to feel it. These are my friends. Manu is my friend. Tiago is my friend. So I was saying to myself, okay, I kept pounding. Where's the arc? Where's the arc? Where's the arc? And we just finally got it. And it's not even an arc. It's like, it's just the regular book. So yeah, I, I, I got mine on NetGalley. Um, and at first I was like, I really want a physical copy of it because I... Again, they're my friends, right? Like, I want to write all over. It's a journey, these books. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the ebook. I'm gonna read it because I needed to know what happens. (laughs) And I, you know, allegedly I might have called out that day just to finish reading the book because I was like, but what is going on? Um, but now I am gonna get the physical copy because it it's first of all the cover is Gorgeous. beautiful enough that it needs to be on your Gorgeous. shelf, right? And then also I now need to reread it as a physical copy so I can mark it up, I can underline. Gorgeous. But before like you don't have to tell us anything that happened. I just started, I'm on page, I started last night and I'm on page twenty-nine. So um t- just am I gonna be happy? Because I feel like anything she does, I'm gonna be happy. There's definitely happy mm-hmm. moments. Like I think, I think there's these feel good yes. moments, especially the relationships between relationships. the characters. Like they just, they just grow so, like in ways that, like I believe right. it, right? Like I, I, I know these people. Um, the way that they're growing together, the way that they like even have conflict. I'm like, I love even the conflict because it's not dangerous. It's, it's realistic right. conflict. Things we go through, right? Um, the ending is another cliffhanger. Um, so I don't know how you're going to feel about that. And I don't know how you felt reading, um, Lobisona, but I know I, I couldn't predict anything. I kept being shocked and shocked. And that's how I felt really? reading the second book. Like the cliff, the cliffhanger where it ended, I was like, wait, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to like, it's, it's a real right. cliffhanger where you're like, Oh, so I have to right. wait for the next book. Like and another I year. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So you know what? Here's the thing. I 1000% agree with you in terms of um, the relationships in this book. I was just on another podcast right before this. Um, what I talked about, I talked about Casa Doric because I will be probably talking about this book for the next year until book number three comes out because I just loved it. 
Um, I haven't re- finished it, but I just love, love Lobizona. But one of the things that I said about Lobizona is that it was a, lo- is a love story. It's many different stories, but inside of this story about immigration and being invisible and undocumented and what does that mean? Um, living your life and interacting with the world is a love story between many different people. So it's a love story between Manu and Tiago and then, um, Seisa and what's her partner's name? Kata. And then, between um, Manu and her best friend. I mean, there's just a lot of love stories that's in, that's a part of that. And it's really about the heart of relationships and like what relationships mean and what it means to trust people and to sacrifice and to, to sort of, um, to be in it with one another because they are in it Mm -hmm. with one another, you know? So love, 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 love. So before, so let's just start talking about Lobizana. Do you want to give like a sort of a over overview of what Lobizana is about, and then we can hop into it, and we can both like tag team. Yeah, I feel like wow, what is it about? It's about so much. Like you just said, it's about so much. There's an, there's an immigration story that I think it has a duality already. People who are immigrants have a duality in the way that they exist Correct. in the space they're currently in in their home, but then she she's like always in like these multiple dimensions of how she exists everywhere right like how she can exist in america or can't how she can exist or can't in this like new magical school and how can she exist in like this magic realm that she gets thrown into right like that she steps into and she's constantly not belonging but also being like i think the, the representation that so many of us have been right. looking for, right? So, like, she's not belonging, but she belongs so right. much to us. And I think that's, like, the really special part about this book. Like, it's about not belonging, but then you feel like, I right. belong here. I, I want to be with right. Manu. Like, I'm like, yes, I relate to you. The I guess the best part is also there's, in all of that, there's, like, every th- time you think you know what's going to happen, there's a plot twist. And you're like, oh, yes. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down now because I I right. I'm just like <laughs> so one thousand percent one thousand percent I think what I love about what you just said is that you're absolutely correct in terms of she's living a duality that she is hyper invisible as well as hyper visible right and so she has to be. She has to hide because she's undocumented. So the underlying story of Lobizona and um and now Casadora is that. Manu and her mom are undocumented. And so they live this very, very quiet life, hidden life. And Manu has to even more so hide because Manu has eyes that are built like stars and they're yellow. And it's because she is both, she is both human and she's a werewolf. And here's the thing about this is that this is why Romina Gaubert is just so amazing in like in creating this world. There are no such things as female werewolves. And so Lobizona is not even a word that actually mm-hmm. exists, right? But and this is the thing with Manu. She exists, but who she is does not exist. So it makes it right. this, like you said, this dual, and I would even say a trifecta, because what I love about what you just said, Jonah, is that yes, so she is living 
undocumented, but she's also living an American life in a Latinx household. And we all know what it is to have one foot in one, you know, I'm Afro-Latina and I'm listening to salsa. And then when I go out with my friends, they don't understand why I'm listening to salsa when I was younger. Right. So because I'm, I'm, I'm right. black and I have coarse hair. And so they only see me as black. So they can't see that I actually have a whole Latinx co- community and culture behind me. And so she's right. also living this duality of like having one foot in, in Latinx culture and one foot in America. American culture, but also now finding the school and having one foot in that school, but not 100% yeah. in belonging to that school because she's not a bruja. And it's the, the, the binary of men can only be werewolves and women can only be brujas. And she's not a bruja. She's a, she's a werewolf. And so she's not necessarily fitting there, but it's closer to what. And also she's trying to fit into being a bruja because that's who she thinks she is. She's like, this is the binary. I found my place. Right. I... I, I'm magic, right? Like, I'm magical. That's what it was this whole time. Right. So I'm a bruja. And then you're like, actually, you're not. Like, she can't, she can't exactly. have a spell to save her, right? Like, nope. she can't make a spell, nothing. And she, it's not even like she tries to find out that she's a werewolf. It happens like in a moment that she feels like she has no control. And I think one of the other things that I loved in the dual duality that you just brought up around, you know, growing up and, being Latinx and it's like, wait, why don't you know this song? But you know this song or why have you like not watched this movie as I was reading it? And I think it was they were reading a hundred years of solitude in Spanish. And her mom was like, um, I'm not reading. I think it was like Harry Potter. She's like, I'm not reading Harry Potter. Show me a Latinx character first and then I'll read Harry Potter. Right. But also like throughout this whole book, we get like Shakespeare yes. lines thrown here and also like. It's, a, it's like a Hogwarts moment. Right. I haven't read Harry Potter, but it's like a Hogwarts right. moment from like, right. I understand the Harry Potter, right? And then you also like have the first book that's being introduced is like 100 Years of Solitude in Spanish. And I think like, even for so many people, like when we pick up like Latinx books and we're seeing all this representation is also like, we get some lines in Spanish and so much of it is still in English. And so much of it is still references to our American lives. And, you know, like I thought that, the book that that's so beautiful and I I hope like people also were paying attention to that and caught it because I was like as I was reading it I was like wow like Shakespeare's thrown in here and then also like American literature is like outlawed so they have their own versions of like American classics right because Perla was like we're not even doing that not up in here we're not like we homeschooling and we're homeschooling from the Latinx culture and that is that because it's equal listen when, when Romina did that I was like this is what I'm talking about. Because I don't talk about this as much as I should probably. But 100 Years of Solitude is one of my favorite books of all time. I remember putting that, like getting to the last couple of pages of that book and being sad. And w- wishing that I had a longer life so that I could reread it. I mean, it's a long book, right? And it, it takes you through a long yeah. period of time. And you, you really got to be committed. But I remember feeling like, this is magic. And of course it is because magical realism is part mm-hmm. of everything that is, you know, Latinx culture. And she talks right. about it in the book, right? Like she's, she's pushing against this idea that the only way to learn and the most respectable things to learn are of American culture. When actually, no, for every, every American book, let me hit you in the head with a, a Latinx book. And I really love that. But also saying like, but we also live in the world. 
And so you're going to know these things. So even in Casadora, they are quoting right. Shakespeare. Like he quotes a Shakespeare and she mm-hmm. quotes it back. And he's like, what you know, Shakespeare? So they are nerdy level, like nerdy couple who get one another, right. you know? Loved it. Yes. So I am 1000% in feeling I'm here for that, all of that as well. So what, what are some things, um, what are some themes that resonated the most with you? There was, there were a couple of things that really like, it just, it, this book just, and it does it also like beautifully. I, um, definitely I think the, and being non-existent in two worlds, right? So, um, there's, there's a line in the book where, um, they're like, you're, you keep searching for home, but you're not realizing like you have two. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think so many times, like that's one of the, that is one of like the, the, I think magical parts of, having um having these two cultures that I can be a part of right like I can be here in New York and I can feel so at home in Brooklyn and feel so at home in so many spaces but then I can go to DR and I'm like oh I'm home too right, right? right. and she doesn't have that like she right. she doesn't have that for so much of the book there's not a moment that she can sit and breathe and say I'm home um and like that broke my heart for her right to be stripped of this this like special thing that's, that so many of us feel being finally in some place. Um, and she's like, I finally belong and I don't. Um, and her mantra pretty much to herself is like, if you're discovered, you can be deported. And then her mantra becomes you're discovered. It equals death mm-hmm. and immigration and being labeled as illegal, um, in every place that you feel like I should finally be accepted, right, right. but she's still not. And then I don't know about you, but I was here for. The amount of references to menstruating in this book. I was like, <laughs> finally. <laughs> like that was, I, I loved it. First of all, it was, it was so poetic with how it was, um, connected to the moon. Yes. Right. I was like, I didn't, I was like, I don't know where we're going with the moon yet, right. but I was like, all right, I'm here for it that like she gets her period during the moon yes. and it's like this whole experience and she has like this, these vivid dreams. Yeah, she's, she's most had, like, powerful. Right. But then even just like the little ways it was included where um when she gets in the pickup truck and she's like, it's been so many hours. I really needed to change my tampon. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> right. And she like the first time she finally gets into the bathroom, she's like, and I'm going through this girl's stuff. So I can like, find the pad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think like that resonated with me a lot just because, you know, I think sometimes um, in fantasy books and these adventure stories is a part of like girlhood and womanhood and just a part of so many people's lives who menstruate that's just like left out. And I'm like, how can, how can we leave this part out when it's like so significant? And also in this book that's so, that has so much like magic in it and, it's so connected to the moon. I was like, I was so grateful for like the inclusion of menstruation in right. it because I was like, yeah, like, of course it should be here. Like that goes hand in hand, it makes right? Like sense. It makes complete sense. I mean, it, for, I mean, of course, because the part of this is, it is about, I think she called it luteritis. I think that, right? Right. Um, when she was getting her, when she was on her cycle. Um, but what for me, I love what you said because so many books can be talking about women and girls and and stuff like that and never mention. You could write a whole 300-page book and nobody's ever ever on their period. Nobody ever needs a tampon. Right. Nobody, nobody ever needs that. And so it was really important to normalize that this is just a part of what it is to be a woman, right? Like this is the part of the time when we're most connected to the spiritual world and like we, we have a level of clarity 
and a level of connection to ourselves, to our own bodies and to our own feelings and in any other part of the month, really and truly. But for me, one of the, the themes that resonated for me is, and this is like, a little, a small part of the book, but so for me, it, it you know, both of us are in the gender, anti-gender violence movement. So for me, it resonates so deeply is this idea around consent and like the ways mm-hmm. in which Diago, when he goes to touch, um, Manu in the, in Lobizona, there was all, there was always this, this question, can I touch you or, and can I do this or can I do that? And I really, I remember like underlying that and saying consent right? Like how do we, how did, you know, she normalized consent. You have to ask. There's nothing extraordinary about this. Like you have to ask. And I think that in terms of what, what I love about another reason why I love this book is that Romina is building their relationship, right? So they have this interesting, um, it's not, they don't, they don't first fall, like they don't fall in love, right? Like just right away, right? Like they have this interesting encounter in, in the woods in the beginning and, mm-hmm. um, she shows him up, right? Like she shows that she's just as fast as him and they both don't even understand what's going on because they're both unfamiliar to one another, but they're connected and they slowly build and build trust and then, you know, have these difficult conversations. And then it ends with like, consent. And so for me, on the low low, I think Romina is really asking people and, and sort of inviting young people to think and to reimagine what relationship building looked like, right? It's mm-hmm. not all this, oh my gosh, I meet you, I fall in love, and then it's happy ever. No, it's like all these little things, right? And these all these people need to earn your trust. And people need to be able to you need to be able to be your full entire self. And he needs to be able or she needs to be able or they need to be able to support your entire self, right? And and that's what he does. And you know, and it's, I think that it's just so beautiful that he has given her the opportunity to be her 1000% self and he's saying like I'm going to support you, but I'm going to support you on your own terms. So I just love the way they I think, like, the same with, like, Kata and Sesa, too, right? Like, we don't get to see everything of their relationship um, because they don't have their, like, own personal chapters. But even the way that they talk about each other and about their relationship where Kata's like, I know she, like, almost lives life very romantically, right? Like, she has these ideas of revolution. Yes being like this like radical person and changing the world and changing system and she's like and that's not me right like I'm I'm trying to create like what is our foundation so like when she's dreaming like we don't just fall through because there's like all these things that like got that scared of and I like first of all when the revelation came that they were together I that caught me off guard. I did not the whole time I I was like I didn't see their relationship but the whole time I was like all right Say so. Who you dating? Cause I know, girl, you great. And (laughs) I was like, I was like, come on, I I know you queer. Like, who are you dating? Right. So I wasn't shocked, shocked, but I was, I was surprised. Yeah, you knew she was queer. I I thought she was the whole time, or at least maybe I was rooting for her to be. Maybe sometimes when I got like a really like dope character, I really do root for them to like be the queer representation that we need. (laughs) Um, So maybe I was doing that, and so I was just projecting on her. But I think like. She she actually has one of my 
favorite lines. I have it highlighted. Oh, she yes, has so she many does. lines. I already know. Okay, maybe I it's the same it. one. Okay, mine I is. It up. Which one is yours? She was like, but why settle for being a son of the system when you can mother a movement? And I was like, that's it. Like, she won. Yes, that's exactly my. I literally posted it on the IG page as a, a full spread, I think, of nine, mm-hmm. nine squares because I loved that line. And I literally, I was on the podcast. So I was, I did Condé Nast last year and I talked about Lobizona and I said, I just want to capture this book in this one line. And this is yeah. what it's about. It's about like these women really, cause Tiago is part of, he's an of, ally of though. You right? know, he, he's, he's an ally, right? These are the women who, these three women are really leading the way and like using their power and using their might and using their skills and their intelligence to beat every system that comes up against them. And so, and they are, they're bound, they're bounded together and they, they love one another. Um, and like holistically, right? So, like whole, holy, even yes. like there's a romantic love, but they still like have a friendship because we don't even know they're dating, right? Like yes. there's a sincere friendship even in that relationship. And then they Correct. really do develop Correct. this sincere relationship with Manu that I'm like, yes. like these, these are real, real friends. They like have each other's backs. They're like in this like long term thing and like they're all mothering a movement in their own way. And they're all different yes. movements. Yes. Even though they all are in one yes. common goal, their movements are so different, but they're like all coming together. Yes. Yes. And I love what you said about um the like Sasa, Sasa and Kata relationship because they are very different people. They are so different, but they some they somehow mm-hmm. make it work. Right. Um, but the other, th- another thing that really is interesting to me, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out in Casadora is, um, was it Kata or Sesa? I think it was Kata that, that, um, Jam- uh, she turned one of the, was it Jamil? Oh, um, it was, was Sesa when she was using her powers on the brother. Yeah. On the uh, Nacho. Yes. Was that his on name? Nacho. That's yeah, Nacho. Um, and so, I'm thinking about, I'm curious about like how that's going to impact her. And already in Casadora, you see that there is an impact. And you, you, I think like what happens and what I'm, I'm just curious where Romina is going to go with this because in the, when it happened in Lobizona, I was like, that's right. Use your power. You go mm-hmm. Get at them, you know, because these right. are my friends and I want to protect them. But I think like, I didn't think about the impact yeah. it would have when we have to go to that place, when society pushes you to push back against them and you end up hurting somebody because people underestimate your power and then you got to show them what it is and you don't want to be that person. That is not who you want to be in the world, but the world will push you to your, your, your edge and you have to be that person. And... I'm looking forward to how yeah, that's reconciled. Also, she uses her power in such that. healing ways, right? Like she's the she's the healer, she's the nurturer right. of the group, and not only because of the power that she yes. actually has as a as a bruja, but like because of who she is too. Like she is this person. Yes. She she met Manu. She didn't even think twice of like, how do I welcome you? How do I like make you feel included? What do you need? That's who she is. And in the second book, like it, it does it does impact her, and it and it comes up in different ways. And right. Um, I think even the moment that it happens, you see it, you, you like see it impacting her, right? Like right. you see her realization. And I think that's something that happened so much where she, she was risking herself to give people 
the medicine that they needed to like give them the right. joy that they needed when she took Manu to see um her surrogate grandmother whose name is escaping me right now but you know she did all of these things and then to like use your power in this right. way that like now I just harmed someone and I didn't even have like yes. I didn't even feel like she had real full thought on how she was about to use her power right and I think like that right. can be a scary right. moment, moment too of I want to help so bad that like what happens when I destroy things along the way and is it justified and can I do Correct. it? Should I do it? Correct. Um, and Correct. Correct. It's powerful. It's a very powerful moment. It is a very, very powerful moment. And I think maybe for the, for the audience, we should probably um, explain like brew has fallen to specific groups, fire, earth wind, and water, earth and water. So is it, but, it should be like the five elements, right? I think, I think it was just elements. the four. Or is it just four? Yeah. The four elements? Okay. And so they fall and they have they have powers that are related to each of them. So you some the folks who do air can bring on a windstorm and knock you off your feet. Or the folks who do water can bring on a storm and drown folks. And like it, I mean not necessarily drown you, but is in the is the point of they have powers to counteract mm-hmm. um whatever whatever somebody else may bring. And so so I think Kata is um what is Kata? Kata is Kata air. Sesa is um mm-hmm. is air and Sesa earth. is um mm-hmm. is earth. And so and and so Sesa is a person that heals. She what she does is like she can touch you and she can knock off all the germs and she can heal you and things of that sort. And to use that, you know, to and do harm in doing that is it really it I I don't think again I'm gonna be completely honest I, it didn't hit me until I started yeah. talking Casadora but it I I was like yeah. get him get him right and friends, he was willing you know? to hurt but them how right far do you go? and I think also yes. that was the moment where I realized like they that she could even use her power in that way because she like drained his life from him right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. And yeah totally and yeah yeah in yeah. that before that moment for folks who haven't read the book too like. You've only heard about their powers and ways that they use it to like uphold their community needs because they're a really small population. Yes. And like that's all Correct. it's focused on, like preserving the population, the community. And so like before then, we don't even realize like actually they could use this in such like harmful ways. And I think like it's like Correct. even a, even further like complicated because the women and the girls in the society, they're 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 very much like they live in a hierarchy society with women are below the men and the werewolves and they're like supposed to be protected by the werewolves right and then you're like hold up because she technically could destroy them all (laughs) right if she wanted to yep they have might and speed so that means like all these witches all these brujas like actually like Oh yeah, the brujas are like they have to. They have to have the like the werewolves as like chaperones and guardians to like even move around, right? right? And then all of a right. sudden, she like takes down a werewolf like nothing. <laughs> like she's just like, I'm gonna put my hand on you, and somehow yep. drain and the life it. out of him. And um, I think that was a really important moment. I think Manu also has this like moment around what she is as a symbol. Um, right, like, because we we yes. went on this whole tangent on the the quote, the quote about mothering a movement, right, and right. like, you know, I think so many times um, we could talk about like the ways that folks 
of color, queer folks, or just um, folks with um, historically excluded identities are like tokenized, right? When they're seen as special. And yes. they're, they're like, well, show everyone how good you are. And then they will want to keep you. And she has a moment with herself where she's like, do I want to be saved? Because I'm seen as this exception for everyone else. Like I'm the safer choice. I'm a good choice because I can like, play soccer really their version of soccer really well right um do i do i want to be this like exception to the narrative because what does that mean for everyone that comes after me who don't have the same talent or doesn't have the same skills or don't have the same abilities and where does that leave them like are we going to redo this whole thing or do we just like accept that they're not accepted um and and also that you don't that you don't want to be right. accepted only because you are exceptional. You want to be accepted because just you right. because you are right. And like so, they would only accept her because she can turn into a werewolf and she can do this. But it is that's not real. Right. That's conditional. It's conditional. And so I love that she had that moment. And then she 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 opted mm-hmm. to not play. Yeah. As a result. Of that. She's like, I'm not going to do that, that you're not going to use me and I'm not going to allow myself to be used because I actually am not totally fitting in with this. And and people actually don't accept me 100 percent. So I, you know, I, I again, another beautiful moment. She ended up having right. to get involved. Right. In that game right. Anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> even in that moment when she's like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not ready. Right. And yeah, like Gata was the only one that like really gave her like the nod of approval because she's like the right. We 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 are now understanding like Gata has been really thinking about how her relationship is not accepted, right? Because reproduction is so important in this community, Um, and you're like she she's like so much is weighing on her at that moment. I think um, where you know. All of the brujas are like, you're our, you're like the the movement for us. You're going to help us get gender equality. Yes. And she's like, gender equality, right. that sounds great. But, um, I, I'm, I'm like <laughs> in paper, I don't exist. Like no one thinks exactly. I exist. Exactly. Like I can't even be fully right. in your movement when like right now I'm just like trying to exist and survive right. not even like she's trying to thrive she's just like Correct. i'm trying to avoid literally literally death that's what she's doing this whole time yes. um yes. but she also yes. becomes a symbol for so much and i think that's one of the things in ya that comes up so much right like this main character becomes a symbol of so many movements of so many social justice issues and i i think i i, I did like that we didn't get like a full happy ending fully you know that right because of course it's 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 lovely when we get those and also we can't continue to pretend that a whole movement can continue falling on one person as a symbol when like that one person isn't even being accepted right like we're upholding them but society is still like i i would like to squash you right like i would like to silence you right um so i also love that part and also i think it was diego's grandmother who was like um you're the first one to be born out of the cage and i was like "Ooh, like the grandmother came with that line and i was like grandmas always know they know i listen i so i think like like to 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 wrap it up for me um this was i don't know if i said this before but this was my first ya book that I can remember ever reading. Certainly my first fantasy book. And 
this blew my world open. I learned so much about myself that I'm just so grateful because I thought that I was just a Bell Hooks, Angela Davis, Audre Lorde type of reader. Like I have read all those books, all the heavy books, all the stuff about feminism and all the stuff about women's issues and all the canon reader, like authors so that when I'm in spaces, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I read that. I know that, blah, 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 blah. And then we choose, we choose this book for our book club. And I'm saying to myself, I've been reading all these heavy ass books when I could have read something like this and get the same message, but like, it's so much lighter and it's so much, it's so much more beautiful. And the world building is helping my, my brain to operate in a very different way. I love this book. And I also learned about one thing I learned about myself is that I, I really do enjoy love stories and that there is a love story. Like there is, you know, Tiago and Manu are a couple and I really love them as a couple. And I love how it unfolded as a couple that him and, and who's it? Kata says one of them were pretending to be in a relationship to protect her identity as a queer person and how they, they, how that all came yeah. together. She had to deal with her own insecurities and her own, and, and you know, what happens when you are so different from everybody else that it just makes you feel mm-hmm. less than, and that has nothing to do with you, right? Like it has all to do with society and the binaries, which Romina continuously brings up throughout the book. Um, but I love that love story and I love their first kiss. And I could have read that over and over and over and over again. Um, and so, this is this book has just about it hits every marker for me romance intersectional social justice friendships queer relationships mm-hmm. beautiful world building latinx culture talking about food that i know talking about latinx books that i've read it just hits every point of the the beautiful parts of my existence and I am so grateful. I love YA. I feel like sometimes people are like, stop reading so much YA. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't, right? Especially like, there's something about fantasy YA that I'm like, the worlds that are built are just, they're special, they're joyous, they're harsh. Like there's just so much. Um, and once I got into a fantasy, like going, like I can't stop. Cause I'm like, oh, I want to read this new world in this new world. Um, and I like, I ha- just, I just started doing like book reviews and stuff like that, like a month or two ago. Oh, and one of the things that I wanted to do was make sure that I was prioritizing Latinx books. Cause I was like, you know, not to say that the, the, some of the more known or mainstream ones aren't great. They are, but also we have so many stories. Right. right? And it wasn't until I read this book that I had like even read like an Argentinian book or new Argentine folklore, right? And I was I was sharing with students earlier that I was reading this book and, you know, there were some words that are spelled differently or pronounced differently. And I was like, you know, I want to take the time to think about what does that sound in like in an Argentinian tongue? Because that's not my tongue. But the author made the decision to include Spanish. So that's that's special, right? So like I wanna I wanna be mindful of the language. I want to be intentional about how I'm reading it in my head because so many times like there's been books that aren't published because they have Spanish in them or they're like that has too much Spanish or that's not like conventional standardized Spanish, right? Um 
And so I've been trying to be in this space where I'm like, let's talk about like Latinx books, y'all. Like there's so many stories. Yes. Um, and like there's so many genres and we do, we have we have it everywhere. Like we have so much representation and this easily, easily is like top two YA fantasy. Like it doesn't I'm trying to say top two in case I have another one, but it might be my number one. <laughs> Think real quick, right? But it's just like I've definitely read other amazing YA fantasy across um, lots of different representation, but this one is special. And I feel like if you're listening and you've like actually enjoyed all of our like, I I think we went. I don't know. We were a little chaotic because we were like, yes, let's just chat. (laughs) But um, I, I think everyone needs to pick this one up. Like. Absolutely. I loved it. So I just want to let everybody know that Café con Libros is hosting Romina Garber on August 18th, 7 p.m. on Crowdcast. It is a free event. Come on, please join us in celebrating her second book. Um, And again, you know, I know that people are saying like Oscars are so white and this is so white, but the publishing industry is also so very white and we don't get to see stories that are talking about like uh, from authentically Latinx folks that are t- telling their own stories. Um, and you, like you said, like is bilingual in some spaces. Sometimes she decides to translate and other times she's saying like, there's a dictionary, go translate on your own, you know? And so, Please come out to support. It's so important that these stories are out in the world. And especially now when we're thinking about all the family separations and all that people are going through right now, this book is hitting home in that way. Um, So please come out August 18th, 7 p.m. Romina Garber, Casadora. Joanna, thank you, thank you so very much for this. Yeah. I really appreciate no, that. No, this was so such glad. a this fun conversation. As much as me. 